Then we start recording and we keep referring to the conversation that no one ever heard. But we're not going to do that this time. <laughs> um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to another episode of the Dissect Podcast. And uh, it's a kind of a full house here tonight, but we are lacking Michael, so no rabbit holes will be explored. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe. That's, that's, that is, yeah. Okay. No promises there. Um, I'm here. Mr. Keegan Dillon is here. Josh Tyler is here. Hello. Heidi, and Heidi, I don't know your last name, so please. It's Compo. Compo. Yeah, it's Italian. And you have um, you have a gym here in Salt Lake? I do. It's called Body Temple Athletics. Turn the mic a little bit toward, yeah. I think like Josh this? will. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, Josh doesn't yeah. need to talk that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and mostly a sort of. It's a it's a private strength well, gym. Yeah. You you said earlier you have one of your atlas stones weighs three hundred and thirty pounds. So yeah, um, <laughs> that would be nothing for our other guest, um, Magnus Vermagnuson. How you doing? Welcome, <laughs> welcome to the great great state of Utah. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, so. Uh, there will be a by the time this airs this this seminar will have come and gone but um magnus you're te- you're, there's a seminar tomorrow about all things strongman i'm guessing well or, uh basically strength training okay and your mentally how you prepare and how you prepare for contests uh so it it doesn't matter how much you train if you're not mentally there <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, it, and I, I think there's a there's a certain amount of psychological tolerance that is um, a byproduct of training appropriately in the gym. Yeah, yeah. Training is all. There's is, is a lot of aspects of training. There is a thing that says don't overtrain, and uh, so you got to learn how to balance that. Try not to overtrain. Yeah. But still train hard enough. But don't undertrain either. <laughs> don't train too little because <laughs> yeah. that won't get get you where you want to go. Yeah. If you overtrain, you uh, are bound to get injuries and you just get really tired. You're not doing or progressing like you like you'd want to. I mean it's you lose any injury is uh, you lose a certain amount of time. And I think remaining uninjured is like it's the key to uh, well, athletic all athletic longevity, really, because um, so many careers uh, seem to be cut short by uh, things that were utterly controllable, um, but maybe not a, didn't maybe didn't appear so at the time. Yeah, you know, injuries is is usually the uh, the factor that that stops a career. Or halters it, or and uh, you know when you're an athlete, you want to have a long career, and that doesn't always happen due to injuries. Yeah, it's like you know, I was told when I was starting out training, and I get started getting these problems with my with my knees. Mm-hmm. I were getting like water in my knee, in my knees and. This is just I'm I'm like 18 years old just starting training, and this is sort of the first gym that yeah uh, well the, in, the, in the small town. <laughs> this was in a small town on, on the east coast of Iceland, with a population less than a thousand people, and uh, this uh, head of police came came there. He came to work as a head of police, and he was one of Iceland's first weightlifters and powerlifters. Okay. And he got the uh, strength authority in, in the town to buy lifting equipment. So two bars and some weights. Okay. And uh, me and uh, my friends started training there like three times a week or something. It was just done in the uh, sports hall. So every every day if we were training, we had to take everything, bring it out, 
then take it back. Perfect. In, so in the end, warm up and to cool down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, well, we got to lift all these weights to yeah, lift weights. Geez. Yeah, you know, I, I I wouldn't see these young people do that today. <laughs> so so I have a question. You know, you're yeah. talking about not undertraining, not overtraining, and obviously there's a sensitivity that you have to find. And and I feel like with something like strongman, the propensity for injury just looking at it from an outside perspective it seems really, really high because you're doing, you know, moving a ton of weight in really awkward positions and that sort of thing. So how how did you personally like kind of develop that sensitivity to f- figure out that sweet spot? Because I think everyone here and everyone listening is always trying to figure out where where that line is and try to maximize it. Well, I, I try to uh, figure figure it out and try to follow try to follow it. I didn't always succeed. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, <laughs> oh, it's life. But, yeah, weird. <laughs> that, that, that's it. But um, yeah, the, you you gotta train hard, but you gotta you gotta train your body so it's used to the movements you're do- doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like if you're you're a fighter, you you know, you learn how to get out of a headlock. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's the same thing with a weightlifter or or or, or a strongman. You'll train, these are, you know, big, big guys, big weights. And uh, usually when an injury happens, it's a big injury. Mm-hmm. You know, muscle goes ripped from the sure. bone or, yeah. or tendons goes from the bone or something like that. Uh, but usually to prevent that, your training is supposed to be wide-ranged enough that your body is supposed to be ready for anything. Mm. You should be used to whatever is thrown your way. And uh, it's not always easy to uh, to get that, but what has changed nowadays is everybody gets to know the events mm. uh, way before, so they'll train for the, those special events if they go and doing a show. Uh, when I was doing it, I didn't care, I just showed up. (laughs) (laughs) But at my time, uh, I believe I was the best all-around trained athlete. I wasn't the biggest, and and people thought, say, wow, he was just fast on his feet, he was was this and that. But if you look at the power events, deadlift, first or second, squat, first, Overhead presses, first or second. So that's your power events in a strongman. So, <laughs> so, say that so, so you were a little strong too. <laughs> exactly. I, I believe I read um, a while back, or maybe I saw a video, I don't recall, but didn't, you did a competition for one of the ones that you won. I don't remember which year, but I believe you out-squatted at the time what was a world record squatter that you were competing against. Yes. Uh, for some reason, squatting was always really good to me until I started getting knee problems. Sure. <laughs> My plan, actually, you know, the, uh, this is uh, weird. I was I was really good at the Highland Games as well. Yep, I did that for a year. Yeah, yeah. I was not really good. <laughs> I was no, good but, for a year. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I was younger, I trained a bit of shot putting and, yep. and, and this and that and discus and all that, and I was playing soccer and. So and I, I I was a fast sprinter. Yeah. Even even when I I was 120 kilos, I did the 100 meters in 11 seconds. Oh, that is that is <laughs> something. All right. So uh, to me, I tr- I always trained. I didn't care to be the biggest. Right. I trained to be strong. Look at all these Olympic lifters. How strong they are. You know, it's not not always the size. Oh yeah, uh, but I, I train to be strong, explosive, and have more endurance than anybody else. It seems so like you, it, it so worked you, pretty well. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> I was usually the one recovering fastest. Right. So. I know like nowadays, I mean, you can go on Rogue or any other website and find, you know, a plethora of strongman equipment. Yeah. But when you were coming up, I'm assuming you couldn't just go online because it didn't exist and then order whatever you wanted. So how did you guys find the equipment to? 
Well, funny enough, I was, uh, for a time, I was the best in the world in, in the Atlas Stones. Okay. But I didn't have a set to train on. My <laughs> You know, I, my my training was a lot, of, mostly in the gym, but I did a lot of movements, a lot of things, to uh, symbolize the the movements you would do or, or whatever you would do in in in, in competition. Uh, because first of all, I didn't have a log, I didn't have an atlas stones. Right. I don't, you know, these guys today, they have it so nice. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but I had to figure out the way, so, and uh, and I, I managed to do that pretty good. Yep. I mean, it does, like, I'm, I don't know the, 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 the history of strongman competitions, but it seemed um, that when I became aware of them, late 80s, sort of early, mid 90s-ish, um, that it was kind of wild west that the events were being invented a lot on on a, on a yearly basis or, or or for the competitions themselves that that um so, so it would be difficult to prepare for them in a sense but i don't know if, if the, some of these things are surprises or like like you said you just didn't you didn't care to you know to just going to train yourself to be as as explosive as strong as possible with the best endurance and then show up yeah well, th that was the thing. I was coming to, sometimes I was coming to a show for like, like in Finland. Mm -hmm. Now everybody had been, you know, the guys, local guys had been training that for a year just right. for that show. Probably uh, with the uh, equipment they're going to use in that probably show. Probably as well. I was doing a contest somewhere a couple of days before. Okay. So I would show up there. And they would do whatever random I, sort of surprise event. That, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't even know what the emails were. Just like, yeah. okay, what are we doing? Oh, okay. Let's go. <laughs> so the thing that I find really interesting and cool about that is, you know, you're going into this thing not knowing and that, so that you're relying on your own confidence and belief in yourself to do a thing that you may or may not have ever done before at a weight that you may have not necessarily touch. So you were talking a lot of it is the mental aspect and the mindset. Um, and I think again, as a fighter, that's, that's huge, right? The mindset of going into a competition, man, I don't know what this guy is bringing, right? Same kind of thing. You're like, but you have yeah. to have that self-belief. So where, you know, was that something you just developed over time doing really hard stuff, you know, hard stuff or what was well, that? How was the cultivation <laughs> of that? Well, it's it's something uh, you know. I don't know if it if if I coached it into myself <laughs> or, or it was there, but if, it's like it's like uh, there, there ain't no mountain high enough. You can conquer them all, mm -hmm. and uh, you know. I, 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 I kid you not. When I went to my first World Strongest Man, now, and I actually went there as a reserve. Mm. I got invited five weeks before the contest. I was a reserve. I was on the reserve list. Uh, so that's, that's my first time entering World's Strongest Man. And uh, we all came together in, in, uh, in London, at the airport. I took the same fli flight down to uh, Tenerife Islands. And uh, when I looked around, that was the first time I saw Manfred Herbert. If you ever... Say that airplane burned some fuel <laughs> moving yeah. all that weight down to get if you, down there. If you say him, you know, Ted Van Den Parra, like seven foot tall. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just big guys. And I'm like looking around like, okay, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> but I ended up pretty much not having to do the last event. I didn't even need the last event for the win. Wow, was it at that point? Was there sort of less less athleticism in the in your fellow competitors, and you came into those competitions um, with a greater level of explosiveness or agility, or just a better rounded kind of? I mean, I I, I, I think better all around. It. Okay, Magnus, yeah. tell them tell them a little bit about what you're telling me about the kind of mind games you play with the other competitors and how, <laughs> you know, with the deadlift and 
the way you kind of just sort of strategize and get in their heads because I think that's an important part of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, sometimes you 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 have to play the games. You know, get on their <laughs> always ner- get 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 them all nervous. So, uh, for example, I was we were sitting in the tent, you know, waiting for our event to go, yeah. and I would just be telling jokes because if you try to be you know, focused for too long, mm-hmm. you lose your focus or it will burn you out. Oh, yeah. So it's like, well, you, you remember the movie uh, Over the Top, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the <laughs> when he did that with, yep. with this car, right? <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. So you, you know, you're there, you're just messing around, you know, telling jokes and this and that. And like, okay, it's time, you know, let's get ready. You put that switch on. And focus. And uh, it's because I saw I saw so many guys. They were they came there. They was they were like focused. They right. they, they, they would hardly sleep, speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, after a couple of days, they're real they, they, tired. they were just tired. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. See, a lot, a lot of times through these contests, I felt. That I was getting stronger when everybody else was getting weaker and tired, hmm. and uh, I don't know what that is. You know, it's just tell them about how you'd burn people out on the deadlifts by kind of getting in their heads and making them do more attempts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've done that. I've done a lot of competitions <laughs> in the deadlift, and uh, I especially remember that. Uh, uh, this w- one guy that was he was uh, Iceland's number two at that time okay he always wanted to be number one never got there <laughs> <laughs> be- before me it was John Paul Sigmundsson in, in his way then he thought he, his his time had come and I stepped in so uh, this is Iceland's strongest man and there's a deadlift. We're deadlifting a a pickup truck, you know, the back end of a pickup yeah, truck. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> and they put start, you know, putting weights in. And I I start somewhere and you know I just lift, come and lift, and until there's just two of us left, everybody else else is out. And I I, I was just lifting and standing there with it and laughing because it was. I've just felt it was too, so light. <laughs> the other by the other competitors didn't like that too much. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> but so I get, we get to this guy, and um, so it's only two left. He goes and lift, you know, the next weight, and I I I know him. So I'm, and he lifts it, puts it down. And they're like, okay. You're next. No, I'm passing. So they put the new weight on. He goes and lifts it. He comes back to me, and I'm passing. I just waited. He did. He he lifted after himself a couple of times. I just waited until I see. I could see it. It was heavy. Yeah, the bar yeah, slows it, down it, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it got slowed down. I'm like, they're like, want this one? So he, I was like, yeah, I'll take this one. So I go in, do it easy. You know, look around, just smiling. <laughs> Put it down, walk away. And he's he's like, oh, you know, passing. He passed that way. And he goes for the ne- next way above. And doesn't even fucking... Ooh. Can I say that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't even move it. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so then you didn't even have to do anything after I that. I didn't have to do more. Yep. This is like one of my favorite Magnus stories. When I went and spent my winter in Iceland with him the first time, it was like having him tell me these stories. It was like, oh, <laughs> there's this huge mental element to this sport that I was not even aware of. And it just like made it it made strongman like a fun strategic sport to me. And I think that that's one of the reasons that Magnus was one of the greatest of all time. Like he's the goat is because he played that mental game, I think better than the majority of other athletes. Like he knew his body and mind 
better than anyone and he knew how to also make someone else's head heavier than it was uh, before coming into the competition. Well, and that's a that's an absolute confidence thing, right? When you're confident enough, they're like, okay, I can do that weight, I can do that weight. But that guy isn't, and he has to do every single weight because he's not sure yes. if he can do that. He's like, I don't know what I can do. So that knowing yourself, knowing your opponent and being, again, like really in tune and watching like, okay, now is the moment instead of just waste, wasting energy because you're unsure. I think we probably do that quite a bit in life in I, general. I, yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. I, I did that in other co in contests as well. You know, uh, I had another contest up up on the West Coast, the Iceland Strongest Viking. And there was a deadlift. And and I, I do the same thing. And that's the one that's up in the Western Fjords in, in yeah, Dupavik. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I do the same thing. It's like, you know, they start adding, adding on weight. I do a 300 kilo li lift, 340. And a couple of guys are doing that 350, 360. They're really fighting there. And uh, one gets 380. And I can, you know, I can see they're all struggling. So I like, I just passed everything. Well, I've, this was my third competition weekend in a row, actually. And this was pretty much after I had retired. So this is, you know, from either retired from World's Strongest Man, I still kept on doing shows back home. Mm -hmm. So I jumped 50 kilos and pulled it easy. So I just did three lifts because I felt, felt I was tired a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Magnus, oh, just man. for the people listening, how old were you when you were retired? I said this with quotations on my fingers. Uh, I, I still kept on doing a lot of, you know, shows back home, running them, and competing in them as well. Uh, till, till like forty-five. Because that's something I wanted to bring up. Because a lot of people think that it's a young man's game, and they think that once you've reached a, cer a certain age, that you can't do strength sports anymore because you're going to be too old and broken and injured and that it's really only for high school and college age kids. So yeah. I kind of wanted to point out <laughs> yeah. the age that you were still competing at and still doing well at. Well, but by that time I had septendon. Uh, I had in, at, at my uh, last win, no, Third win in World Strongest Man, doing doing that that squat with the uh, was it kids. Remember in yeah, Bahamas? Kids on top. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you talk about you know I, I blew everybody away in yeah. the squat, but I felt this thing in both sides of my knees, and uh, it started building up. It was a, a little tear, and it started building up calcium, and. Uh, so you had to have that repaired. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> the first time, first time I went for a knee operation, I had both done. Because yeah. I figured recovery time. Well, it's half as long. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend that. But <laughs> <laughs> so you're competing until you're 45-ish yeah, or yeah. so. And so this is after I've, I've, I've tore about both, I think. Yeah, I think I've had both. I was going to say, how many in your career? Done. It doesn't seem like, and I can't tell this from, you know, just watching you on the internet or whatever, but it didn't seem like you had, like, a many bad injuries per se. Like, obviously, you had to have your knees worked on and surgery was a thing that happened, but yeah. it seems like you were pretty consistent throughout your career with your, you know, when you trained or when you competed, the level you competed at, yeah. how did you, you know, stay as healthy as you did well, relative to other even, competitors? Even after, you know, these tears in, in the knees and, and, and surgeries on them, I, I still kept on going. Yep. And uh, I, like I said, when I was around 45, then I, I tore a bicep a little bit. Yep. You know, tendon didn't, didn't snap, but, it, it, it tore a bit, and that's when I said, "Okay, that's it." Yeah, 
you know, that, then I, that's when I walked away from competing in, in strongman. So do you like attest any of that to like um, the way you trained or like were there specific things that you did or you just always been like that in tune with your body to where like overtraining didn't happen a lot? Or? Yeah, that, you know, that that shouldn't have happened. Uh, it was it, it was in, in a in a show in the uh, in the West Coast. Yep. And uh, there was just not enough competitors and I was organizer so i jumped in okay this is exactly what i figured happened <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about you're organizing shows and then still competing in some of them i'm like i bet sometimes yeah. it's just not right, exciting enough it. or mm-hmm. there's not enough people and so yeah sometimes uh, yeah, add a little sometimes, spice. sometimes i did that yeah <laughs> you know sometimes even you know when i was retired i was helping put up shows around the world or something and they were doing a keg toss for height yeah <laughs> i remember for you know like the guys. I remember one time uh, I had a, we had two Americans, German, Icelandic guy. I can't remember. You know, few competitors, and uh, they were doing the keg for height, and I was refereeing and putting the show together. This was in in Rimini, Italy. Uh-huh. So then they just failed. You know, they didn't okay. didn't really get that high. Yeah. <laughs> So I just grabbed the thing, you know, what's wrong with you guys and threw it over. They said they forbid me to do that ever again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they all felt really special. <laughs> well, so with the keg toss, do you get to drink the keg afterwards? Well, <laughs> drink it first. <laughs> Ooh, now that would be an interesting competition. Uh, yeah, so. With the... Um, this idea of athletic longevity that that Heidi brought up and and how there's certain sports that it does appear the domain of younger people or whatever um but i think a lot of that is 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 has something to do with just human behavior that these sports which require a lot of aggression that um attract a certain temperament personality type that may go at it in a way that thinks nothing about a lengthy career just you know just getting it getting it now getting it immediate you know immediately um and i look at strongman and i go well i gotta it appears i should look after my heart more than anything like that seems to be the injury that that um affects people certainly like it seemed like I was reading a little bit about it sort of late 20s early 30s who are participating in strongman um but it seems like something that if if you have a well-rounded training program with an eye 10 years down the road 15 years down the road what am I going to be like yeah I want this right now but what if I get it right now what what will my life be like later and it seems that I mean, competing up to sort of mid forties is, um, I mean, that's, that's like when you get dad strength, isn't it? Like at that point, <laughs> like, on uh, did you get dad strength? <laughs> no, no, no. That just passed me right by. But, uh, well, you know, I, I would still be strength? competing. I think so. <laughs> I would still be competing if it wasn't for injuries stopping me. Okay. Seriously. I, it's just the love of the sport. Yeah, the love of the competition. It it, it, it used to drive me, and uh, it, it was really weird when when I stopped competing, going training, and not having that an objective goal yeah. to chase. And you still do powerlifting, right? I still train. I still do power, the powerlifting movements. I still do a, a lot of things. Not as much as I would like to. Because we competed at that one together in Yakubal. True. 2015. <laughs> yeah, I've, 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 sometimes I've, 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 I've you know, jumped in and do, done a, a, like a bench press or a, or a deadlift. Mm. And uh, funny enough, you know, even, even though I'm 56 years old, usually with a couple of training sessions, I'll bench 200 kilos. 
in jeans with his watch on. Sure. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's that, that's you happened too. That yeah. exactly <laughs> that is exactly when you walk in the street. I, you don't need a special outfit for no. that, do you? I don't I think so. <laughs> well, yeah. No, you have to have spandex. That's super important. If you're not wearing spandex, you're never going to PR. It's a fact. Um, I, I like I, I like what you said in in looking the idea of longevity within a sport because I think too often we are looking for that immediate thing with no real concept of what the repercussions are later on. I mean, everything comes at a cost. Or how good it could be the longer you stay in Ooh, it. Ooh, yeah. Like, I don't think it's just, it's not just, it's not just the, the oh, I'll be broken at 40 and won't be able to do this thing and I'll take mm-hmm. up swimming or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, but it's like, I look at, you know, I've got a couple of friends who are still, still climbing at a really high level who are older than I am. And it's and they can the they can draw on you know if you put Mark Ritchie and Steve Swenson together on a rope they can draw on over a, you know basically a hundred years of combined climbing experience of the you know biggest mountain ranges the highest level all over the world and still pull down because a that part of it I think is what you said Magnus that they just love it and that kept them involved and kept them energized by doing it so i think there's there's the 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 the, the negative outcome of a, of a short career mm-hmm. and then there's also a very positive outcome from a well there's, a there's, there's nothing think. more fulfilling than when you've done a good workout for example it, it just gives you that mm-hmm. or if you've done a fantastic contest or if you've done a great fight mm-hmm. uh it, it's just it just nourishes your spirit yeah and uh, and I believe that you need that to keep going it's you, you, you're always chasing that it doesn't matter you know who you go up against it's like uh, you know your worst enemy is always yourself do you talk about that a lot in your seminar when you talk about mindset or... I'll, I'll mention that as yep. well, yeah. <laughs> so, Magnus, there was something else really valuable that you taught me when I was a young, aspiring, strong woman showing up at Yakabal. You kind of pulled... It was one of my last days in Iceland. You kind of pulled me aside and put your arm around me like you're going to give me just like best piece of wisdom ever. And the thing you told me <laughs> is you said, here's the secret to a long training career. So you said, always leave a little bit left at the yes. gym. You said you told me always don't you shouldn't be failing on your reps in the gym in training. You said no. that's when you are always accomplishing your lifts and you should never be failing in the gym. So always leave the gym knowing you could have done a little bit more. Yes. The the uh, you have to be know your body that well. You have to know yourself that you know how f- how far you can push yourself without going over and without going to a failure. If you're always pushing yourself and you're going to a failure, you're, you're bound to get injured. Mm-hmm. You're bound to run into problems and it, it actually breaks you down. It doesn't build you up. Mm-hmm. So my, my thing is, you, you know, usually after even up, you know, you, you hard, hard workout, you work out and you know, could have done a little bit more that's the thing. Yep. Leave it with that. Because you're, you're going to you, come you back. Know, you know you could have done, you know, you left a little bit behind. It's like, let's say you're bench pressing and, and, and you know, your absolute best is 200 kilos. Well, you don't have to be doing 200 kilos every training session. Mm-hmm. So, but you can push yourself close to it. The thing is, in, in a contest, if you're doing 200 kilos, you don't have to do it in training. Mm-hmm. You'll do 280 or 290 really easy. So you know, you you. What, what I learned is like, if I did this much in training and I stayed with that, but I didn't push myself further, I could add a lot, a whole lot more on in a competition. And uh, that's one of the things that's like, try to be fresh 
See, if you're always going to max, you, you're just burning yourself out. Yep. But, but this way, you're not breaking yourself down. You 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 recover faster, and you're ready to training again. So you can train more and more effectively this way. <coughs> and I think you're um, you're not patterning. You're not creating the neurological patterns that are associated with failing. Mm. Exactly. Well, and there's probably some there's some psychology to go along with that too. Oh yeah. Right. And then I think too many people are trying to answer all the questions in their training session. Whereas, you know, what Magnus is saying is the competition is where you answer those questions and you find out where your limits are, because that is the whole point. And exactly. I think too many, that's not fitness. Yeah. Oh, oh so, <laughs> no, it's all about the gym. It's PR. all about the gym. PR. You're exactly. right. I, but, I forgot. Yeah. When I was starting out as a, as a powerlifter, and you know, I, I had these guys. I was always doing better in, in competitions than, but I had these guys that are like, they're failing their starting weight. Why? Because they went too heavy in their training, in their preparation. Yeah. And they, I can't understand this. You know, I did this so easy in training. Yeah, they say I just pulled it well, two weeks ago. And exactly. You're like, Why? Why did you pull? Like you exactly. Have to pull yeah, it like, on the platform. It, it doesn't matter what you do in training. It doesn't matter what you do here. Right. Or they're doing that same thing and just warming up for the competition. They they lift ten pounds under what the competition weight is, just warming up, and then they can't pull it five True. minutes later. <laughs> True. It, yeah, it's interesting. It, it seems to be more of a strength sports phenomenon or just an I- ideology within <coughs> strength training specifically, <coughs> because no one who's doing an endurance sport, unless I'm way off base here is running a marathon in preparation for the marathon rarely i mean usually you don't do that you're but but yet for strength we want to we want to get as close as our one rep max as often and frequently as we can in preparation for going for a new one rep max like those are in it's a human nature thing but it's also an environmental issue where it you are socially rewarded mm. for that and that's the thing that gets you off and if I can, and if I can get socially rewarded three times a week in the gym, I don't need to show up on the weekend for the competition, right? Like yeah. I, 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 where, where I will be truly exposed. <laughs> I, Do you think social media plays a part in that? Because people aren't posting themselves running on social media and say i ran this far i mean i guess they do i don't follow They've those people but so you, you can't, just you can't. They post, they post you're, you're just not in track. that world heidi <laughs> they do you can't you can't show running a marathon the way you can show your one rep exactly max exactly and so people are a lot more motivated to show off their strength in a small little video than they are to just train for the long-term effect well and no one wants to watch a you know two-hour video of somebody running uh, right. <laughs> you well, know, well yes. mostly if they were running a marathon, there are very few. Like, if you could, I would watch if somebody's running right around two hours. Yeah, I'd watch well, that. That would well, be that right one, around the time of just, the Olympics or you know yeah, a Diamond yeah. League event or something. You know, like a like you know something um, significant. Four hours, fuck that. Yeah, I don't get I'm sorry. Just like that's Magnus. What do you think about running? <laughs> running. He's got a biased answer. He's got a bad knee. For strong man, yeah, you know, you gotta you gotta be able to move that big body. Uh, it, because in strong man, you need to. So, do you think strong men should run in part of their training, or sprint, or walk? They, they should. They should sprint. Did you do a lot of that? I mean, I know you said you were a runner growing up. I did. I did some. Yeah, sprinting when you were still training. When you started training for strong men, you added yeah. that in as well. Like uh, I would. I would have like lampposts posts. Yep. So I sprint between two lampposts, then jog to the next one, then sprint again. So interval training. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you? Did you? I mean, I know Iceland's known for feats of strength. You know, all over the world. Did you have people guiding you in the beginning or along the way, or did you just kind of figure it out yourself as you went along? Well. Um, this will lead be, into before, more, more before questions. me. Yeah, before me, I, I, I was John Paul Sigmund. Right, and I did pick up some things from him, but I experimented. I tried things out. I did things to, like I said, in the gym that similar movements that I would do with 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 a strongman, right. or, or for example, like bent over rowing. 
people, a lot of people didn't understand why I was doing all these bent over rowings. The reason was, if I would grab something, mm-hmm. like a stone or something, it was so easy to grab it and lift it. Yep. Or, or, or a, or a barrel or something, and and I could lift, grab it, lift it higher. That means my legs were free, and I could move with it. See, a lot of people would, a lot of people wouldn't get un- past un- their thighs. And yeah, exactly. I understand yeah. that. So it'd be walking with it, you know, on their thighs, which slows th- slowed them down. Yeah. Um, so we're coming out with, I talked to Heidi about this earlier, like our own strength module. Um, we can show you it later, but kind of the premise behind it is that nobody's really thinking in training anymore. Everybody wants a template, somebody to tell them what to do. They kind of re- almost remove themselves from the equation other than just moving a bar or moving themselves. And I love the fact that you basically, you know, you figured it out on your own and people don't do that anymore. And I True. think that's a problem. It, it is a problem. I, I have the belief that there is no one program sure. that fits everybody. Right. Damn it. I was, I was just going to ask. I was like, oh, so you think like a five by three or, I mean, I, yeah, I like really hope the Magnus for Magnuson program isn't, yeah. can't like go into an ebook and then all of a sudden there's yeah, you go, 50 you, of you replicating. It, it also goes by a feeling. Right. And you people know, are losing uh, that, I so, feel like. You know, people, a lot of people, they go like, I have to do this way today. And you know this weight next week, mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, next week. Yeah, seventy three point five percent of your one rep max. Something like from, that. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. What, you one know what red mean? band so, on the so, left and, side, and, a blue and, band and, on the right side. Yeah, and they are con. They they, they just. Yeah, it's basically they like want a, butts from that. It's like a grocery list. They so just they might they check, might they check. might have a bad day, so they'll fail that weight. Right. Or they'll have a real good day, and that late weight is too way too light. So my thing is like, go with your feeling. Even if your program says, you know, somewhere down the line that you're supposed to go to this weight, if you go in the gym and, and one day you just, everything is so light and easy, go for it. Use it. Because you're gonna get a bad day. <laughs> but probably so, more than good. Exactly, yeah. So when the bad day comes, don't go home crying. Just lower your weights. Do your training. Go through it. And uh, another thing that a lot of people have done, I believe, wrong. Everybody, most people, to uh, their program is a one week. Do your program for two weeks. So you you constantly doing. Yep. different things you're constantly shocking your body mm. you're constantly hitting it from different angles so what does the body do it reacts mm. so you're saying instead of like a seven day cycle like yeah. most people do you're doing like a 14 or a 10 yes. day yeah so it's not like you're squatting every day on monday you might squat on monday on the first week and then on thursday on the second week yeah mondays are bench press everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah, it's, na- it's national chest day you should yeah. totally know that <laughs> you own the gym yeah. how dare you <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you know what you know yeah, what I mean. That no, that, right. that and you're right there. You know, lo- lots of lots of guys do bands on Monday. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's just the way it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that started before the internet. I mean, I remember yeah. when I was in high school, and I mean, I'm not that old. I'm only 35. But like every day we go to the YMCA on a Monday, it was upper body bench press. <laughs> I think it's just like you had the weekend off and you're like, I'm going to go do the most egotistical lift I can think of. Which, which actually is, doesn't make sense because I think Friday should be upper body day because Friday is the night you're going out, right? And you want to get that that good you know, <laughs> yeah, pump. Friday was arm day. Yeah, mm. just the arms race on Friday. Ah, I did I, arms and chest together. That, that must have been see, my problem. That, and, that's why you, and that's why you're five foot four. That's why I'm tiny. <laughs> well, you know, another thing is like, People are, are shifting their their training. They're doing a special back day. You know, they deadlift on a special day. They squat on a, on a different day. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Do them both at the same time. You're pretty much working the same muscles. So if you come in, let's say twice a week, work those muscle muscles together, or those events together, for, and 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 let's say you start in the beginning 
first day on, on let's say a Monday with a heavy squat and a lighter back which could include high poles, power cleans, you know, stiff leg deadlifts. You come in on a Friday, you do a lighter, lighter squat and, and you go a heavier pull. You're working the same muscles. Yep. So if you're working them too many times a week, they won't grow. They won't do what you want them to do. They won't respond. Yeah. <laughs> well, not positively. Yeah, they'll respond, <laughs> they'll, yeah. but not the way you want them. Well, plus for I mean, for somebody like you you're in a competition, you're going to end up you know, doing two similar movements like that in a day anyways, so you might as well get if, used if to you, it. Yeah, if you're doing powerlifting, right. you're doing pretty much everything yep. on, it, on the same day. Even in Strongman, maybe you won't deadlift with a back squat. You might have stones or something else yeah. heavy to pull. Yeah. Yeah. So your body needs to be able to respond to that and react to it, and it won't know how to do that if it's never done that. True. And there's the secret. There it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it, honestly, that's that, that is one of the biggest pieces in this in this in the strength manual is is about chasing the feeling. It's about the sensation of it. That this is what I'm looking for, not the number, not the movement. Maybe not even a, using a barbell, because I mean, you if, I mean, look at a gymnast who is absolutely incredibly strong and may have done very very little weight training but a lot of big range of motion a lot of straight limbed sort of expression of strength a lot of things which um like, like people when i when we say st someone says oh strength or some that guy's strong i think it's really common for people to see a barbell in their mind when that has nothing to do like and an, an atlas stone is like the furthest <laughs> thing from it um but we associate concepts of effort and, and and physical expression of of strength or whatever with implements not with the sensation that manipulating those implements may cause and i think if you're ch if you're chasing the feeling it's um versus the number this is one of the keys to not getting injured and that's one of the things I love about Strongman because some of their events, it's not a barbell. It's, hey, flip a car over. And that's, it's like, what muscle is that? <laughs> Which day of the week do I train? I think that? it's a bicep. Wait, <laughs> wait, yeah, what wait. day of the week do I train my car flipping muscles? <laughs> um, the, 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 the day, and it happens right before you train your arson muscles <laughs> when you set that car on fire after you flip it over because that would be... <laughs> Well, and, and, and Mark, you and I were discussing this, and this has been, I think, part of the buzz going leading up to the, the strength program you guys are – not program. I don't even know what to call it. I think we're calling like it a strength, module the or mo the, the strength thing. thing. It's a strength booklet. And, and, and Magnus, you could probably – you already have shed some light. I'm sure you could probably elaborate more with defining strength, right? Because as we start to look at what, what is strength, man, there's so many working definitions, right? But I think what you were alluding to, Mark, and – is the ability to contract the muscle regardless of what the implement, you know, or no implement, you know, being strong is being able to resist some other external force, whether that be your own body or something else. Resist or overcome. Or overcome, yeah. You, you know, the, the, the years ago, when Volkswagen's man was developed, there was this question, who is the strongest athlete? Is it the weightlifter? Is it the powerlifter? Is it the shot putter? You know, who is strongest? Yeah. So they came up with these events to find out. And that's how Strongman started. Yep. And, and trying to put um, different stresses on very specialized athletes. I think that's the, I mean, the, one of the beauty of the, the the strongman competition is that, well, some of these things you can't actually train for, <laughs> um, if if the if the the people are creative enough, but but also that if you specialize in one aspect, it costs you too much elsewhere. Yep. I think. I mean, it seems like some of the strongest people I've ever come across are people who grew up in rural environments mm -hmm. and had to move odd objects. Magnus, what was the odd object you were moving when you were a young man? 
I was on a farm. Of course you were. <laughs> <laughs> Just picking well, up cows. Yeah, I was no on, tractors, actually. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was the tractor. I was a lot on the farms. You worked at uh, the fish factory, too, right? And then I uh, worked in the fish factories as well. Okay. And so that uh, was the grip training. Yeah, you know, that, you're, you're lifting, you know, boxes or, you know, plastic boxes of fish. Yep. You know, turning them over, getting the fish in there, whatever. You're taking the frozen fish, going into the big freezer and lo loading these up. And I used to go in there a lot. I always, like, didn't make, a lot of times you made steps out of the thing so you could go up. I wouldn't do that. I was always, like, take them overhead and kind of throw them into their place. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, well, that I, I think that's that some, and that's something that's that's so non-linear in terms of the movements and, and that kind of thing that you cannot replicate like everything out there in that space, that gym out there. Everything is really linear, mm -hmm. except for Devil's Yoga on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah but, it's not. Um, Oh, you don't. You oh, you should come for I, that. I've I've been inviting her. She's been she's been dodging it for some reason. Okay, well, when you come back for the podcast it. next podcast, because you're you're gonna be in the hot seat one time. I hope um, <laughs> you should come on a Wednesday and experience that because it's because it's it, it's stuff that's not in like uh, you know ebooks. No, well, but yeah, you're just like <laughs> it's not like one plane of motion. It's like learning yeah. how to. Like actively use your body in space, not just like stand up, sit down, and that kind of, does that make sense? Truthfully, that should be the definition of fitness. We've kind of bastardized it into this thing that, that, you know, is exclusive to a barbell or some machine or some other thing. But really, you know, your fitness is your capability to just maneuver and, and perform tasks. And whether that's a really weird, awkward you know, massive amount of fish that you have to throw overhead or flipping a car or whatever it is, like how capable are you of performing that task? And yet everyone wants to know well, how much can you bench? They well, don't quite translate. I think that goes back to the definition of strength that we've all kind of like alluded to a little bit. And like in the manual specifically, it says strength is the ability to overcome. So then when we talk about strength and, you know, you could talk about a 400 kilo deadlift and somebody doing that with relative ease or somebody doing a 50 kilo deadlift as hard and it's the hardest thing they've ever done, which person in that environment is strongest? Or w which one are you actually witnessing a feat of strength and which one are you not just because the loading on the bar is heavy? Um, so we've, that's what we've been toying around with, with you know trying to get, I don't know, maybe people less afraid of strength or the idea of it, because everybody thinks strength, they think weight on a barbell, but you know maybe it is just being well, able to express yourself in your daily life the best you can, whoever that is. I don't know. I think the, uh, actually the strong, strong man has grown in popularity. Of course. And, and, and the amount of athletes that are, that are training that, that way now is tremendous. Now, another th good thing it's, it's done, it helped create CrossFit, which is strong man for average People. <laughs> <laughs> I am not going to disagree with that. <laughs> we might have to make that a t-shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll get royalties. <laughs> but, but think about it though. I mean, if man, if you can move around this massive stone, how much easier is it carry a few bags of groceries at that point? And yeah, then you can get them all into the house at one time. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. You don't even break a sweat. Well, the strongest is the per is the person that pretty much lifts, carries, throws. Yeah, the heaviest thing. Yeah, and that may not also be the biggest person. As a hundred and thirty pound female, I've outlifted women who are much larger than me. Um, some guys too, but you know, generally those are the guys who are not lifting or training. Um, but it is kind of exciting to see that strength is for everybody and strength isn't just for a big strong man like Magnus, like he's kind of the icon of it, but strength is for everybody. You can be a, you know, four foot tall, 90 pound person like Josh <laughs> nice. and you can still like be strong. <laughs> I, well, I was just going to say like, is there like a, 
kids division or something like i would i'm pretty strong compared to most like third graders you could probably be an event where people throw you for distance <laughs> you can you can be in my division oh perfect excellent but, but, uh, but so the, the race will be for second i mean for you yeah for sure well but but that does beg the question of like you know how how accessible is this now? I mean, obviously you've got your gym, but I mean, are there other places where this stuff is popping up where, you know, the more of your average or, you know, smaller sized individual could participate and still, you know, obviously I'll never oh, be doing definitely. huge weights. But there, there are absolutely. weight classes. Yeah. Oh, oh, cool. There's weight classes. There's, there's men's, women's. There's novice research, divisions. Josh. There's novice divisions. There's open. There's masters. Um I mean, Strongman really is for everybody, and there's gyms popping up all over the place that have more and more of the implements, and if you don't have access to a gym with the implements, um, my little brother Anthony, when we were living in Arizona, he would go outside and he would just start pushing the car up and down the street. It's like you don't need a fancy gym full of the equipment to start training Strongman. You just need to start getting strong. I mean... I, this is kind of dumb, but I, I kind of made a game out of bench pressing my dog in the mornings. <laughs> it's just our little game. How, how big's your dog? He's huge. I don't think that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you said a, pit bull corgi, so I'm thinking like 30 he's pounds. He's a corgi pit bull. He's, he's little. He's a little guy. But still, first thing in the morning, that's a feat of strength. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so, oh, go ahead. Have the, um, the events in strongman competition now become more universe, like, uh, standardized or are there still some events these days that are where you come up and there's some wildly creative messed up thing well we've gone too close to pretty much try everything out okay <laughs> uh, you know some things have been tried out some things hasn't worked a lot of the things have worked and are, are you know the real popular and uh, uh, atlas stones is like the signature sure events for for strongmen yeah which i was brought up lifting nature stones mm. and that's what i do for most of my shows is nature rock lifting not not these perfect exactly rounded and, uh, yeah. and uh, a rock lifting overhead and that's to me is the ultimate overhead lift because oh. you need a lot of balance you need a lot of skill and strength and balls, because if that if you lose that thing, you're done. I'm yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, that granite as a as a st- I think it's eighty pounds per cubic foot, Oof. something like that. Is that? I don't. I'm not Michael. I don't know that. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> he would somehow we do have know the that. He would some, that would be a random Sorry. bit of knowledge. He might. Yeah. I think Magnus, you may well be right. That might be the ultimate expression of, like, a a, a man. Of the earth mm. moving. I, earth. It's I, uh, kind of metaphorical as, as well. The, the, in, 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 in Iceland, there are, there are places that you can find historical stones. Mm. And they were meant to be, you know, if you were getting onto the ship, you, you wanted to be a fisherman. You had to go do these tests. And you would lift these rocks. <clears throat> And there was like, first rock was a, a weak link, you know. What job would that guy get on the boat? He wouldn't get a job. <laughs> he <laughs> wouldn't get a job. <laughs> <on the floor. laughs> He's in the crow's then, nest. Then you would have, a, a, you know, a, you know, yeah, you're strong. And then you would have, like, the last stone would be fully strong. Fully strong. Okay. You were definitely getting a job if you lifted uh, that you, one. You would get more pay if you would lift Ooh, that. Even better. Ooh, I like Man. that. I mean, that is a true meritocracy there. I w- we need to bring that back for most things. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like, like, that's part of the hiring. That's like the part of the hiring process for every job is, yeah. you know, every. it doesn't matter where you're going. You're going to be a greeter at Walmart. Like, okay, here's your stones. Yeah. Let's see where you're at. Yeah, my, my grandfather back in the day... Um, there he was a big strong man and he uh went up to a guy and they had a job where it was just a laborer and he said well what if i can do the job of two men and he said you can't this is hard you can't do what two men can do and he said well if i can will you pay me double and the guy was like sure but you can't do it and my grandfather did two man's work he carried double what everyone else was carrying and he did two man's work for one day and he got double the pay and you know we don't really have things like that anymore in our society obvious like it's like not an obvious thing 
But if you're strong and you can work harder, I don't know, just food for thought, something to think about. Well, don't get a government job. Because <laughs> they won't pay you any more for more work. In fact, you get paid the same for less. So <laughs> you, you spoke of, you know, obviously really enjoying the, the squats. Um, is there a more uh, a non-traditional lift that like really just was your absolute favorite? And then there was there something I kind of get the feeling that you enjoyed everything. So I don't I doubt there's a least favorite. But is, what would you say was your absolute favorite thing to compete in of all the aspects of strongman lifting the rocks overhead they don't do that uh, a lot anymore do they I, in competition i know that i've seen the blocks but i haven't seen a yeah. lot of like natural rock no unfortunately not but i'm gonna be next year hosting the magnus and magnuson rock lifting classic oh. in iceland okay and there will be rocks to li be lifted overhead Heidi's and, and there tickets. will be some yeah. other events as well but these this will be like the world championships in that oh awesome that's really cool and there's definitely a growing culture of people who are really interested in natural stone lifting and I, I think i don't know around here they call it natural stone lifting but people we have even here in utah there's a facebook page um oh no kidding and we have stones here in utah that are kind of our iconic Utah stones of strength and we'll have to talk after this. Okay. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's different ones yeah. and they all are like, everyone's like, Oh yeah, you know, you can go find the Sandsbury stone okay. at this location. And um, it's really kind of starting to grow. Cause I think a lot of people are coming back to those roots of strength. And it was sort of those original tests of manhood that people would do is to pick up these rocks. It's like, all right, now you're a man, but it also gets you that. outside, which is great. And touching which nature. Is, and yeah. My favorite being... part, and I like this about, sorry to interrupt, um, Strongman as well when people start doing it, is that it's not, they don't have the same attachment to picking up a stone as they do a barbell. So when they see yeah. a barbell, there's very specific weights and numbers people have in their head. But when you go to pick up a stone, it's A, you either lift it or you don't. <laughs> and B, like they're not as emotionally attached to this weighs something and a certain weight is more meaningful for whatever reason, like, you know. In America, it's 225, 315, 405, 495, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, with a stone, it just is, right? And you lift it or you don't. And if, you know, there's a smaller one and you can lift it. And it's just, I feel like there's less of that attachment. So when people do it, they find more enjoyment in it. Mm. Or at least that's my experience from other people. Well, there isn't that weird barrier of, you know, you're, you're stuck at that ceiling of 310 or whatever. And it's like, man, I just can't get over that hump. I mean, I remember being a young lad in like 225 being this mythical beast, you know, in high school of like, man, if we could ever get to that. And like 220, no problem. You add another five pounds, you know, put two plates on there and it doesn't happen. Sounds like this is a personal problem for you. I, there's other, there's been <laughs> plenty of other people. I mean, that can help too. If you just like switch up and yeah. like you have training partners. Yeah. Well, if you have training partners loading the weights for you and you mm -hmm. don't know what they are, but also my experience going to Iceland and I was training with keel plates. I was asking all the guys there. I was like, what is this way? They're like, pick it up. You couldn't math and, it. And oh, I know I, I'm really dumb with that. <laughs> um, but Qualifier I, with that, <laughs> with that, with other things I'm like less dumb. But um, yeah, I went to Iceland and I was like, hey, what is this way? They're like, pick it up. And then I went back after the fact and I was like lifting like double what I normally do. I was like, oh. Oh, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, you remove that that, that mental block weight. of, you know, am I strong enough? Will this hurt me? You yeah, just and you do also it. have like all these like seven foot tall, sure. 500 pound Icelandic men standing around you. <laughs> yeah. And they say, pick it up. You're like, yes, sir. Okay. I had a, a guy out here who I train. He's 73 years old and he was deadlifting the other day. And there was like a green plate and a yellow plate. And he was like, how much is this? And I was like, it's a green and a yellow. What's it matter? For him, at least. But. Yeah. <laughs> Magnus, what is um, what does life look like today for you? I presume you're not tossing bales of hay around on the farm. No, longer. no, not anymore. No, I I run my gym uh, in Iceland. Okay, uh, and I do a go around the world uh, involved with the sport. Yeah. I referee, I MC, I help uh, create, put together some of the events, etc., etc. I do seminars, and uh, I'm pretty busy. 
it it seems like i mean if we're i thank you i mean we've we said we would go for one hour. It's been one hour and five minutes, and, and well, I feel that. Thank my you. wife is getting anxious. Ah. <laughs> I, 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 left, I, left her, I left her at Walmart, you know, and she's 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 getting impatient. Sorry, Maggie. <laughs> it's a big. Walmart. I hope you brought a big car to bring back all the things. She has my cart. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I feel um, quite thankful actually to to be able to peek into a world that is absolutely not um, familiar to me. I mean, Keegan shines a light down the hallway for me every now and then, but <laughs> not, not like this, not like this. <laughs> um, so truly, I appreciate you um, being generous with some time. Thank you. And Heidi, thank you for sort of uh, yeah. making that happen. <laughs> what a surprise today. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of not really a problem. I mean, Magnus is going to be here in Salt Lake for less than 24 hours. Joss, Josh texted me when he found out he was coming out and he was like, can we do this podcast? And I was like, dude, I don't think so. He's not even going to be here 24 hours. So okay. um, that's something all you listeners can be grateful for is Magnus definitely uh, generously took out some of his time to come be here. And it's appreciated. Thank you. Well, thank you yeah, for having thank me. You. Thank you. And Heidi, um, yeah, thank that's you as well. open invitation. You know, hope, um, hopefully I will come to Utah more often. Hopefully so. I mean, if it's... Uh, it, it's uh, apparently there's stones here to lift. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you again. Happy holidays uh, to all of you. Whenever this airs. Don't. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs>